In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have um, quite an interesting gospel lesson this morning. If we will take just a few minutes to parse it. You know, listen to, I, I don't know about you, but I, I become, uh, my, my hearing becomes cold. Things become routine. And, you know, you listen to the gospel. Oh, well, Jesus healed a centurion servant because the centurion had faith. Okay, that's great. Let's go on and have communion and coffee hour and get on with our day. But let, let's take a few minutes and, and, and take a closer look at what, really happened here um, the centurion came to him saying Lord now he wasn't a Christian he wasn't a member of the household of faith and he's calling Jesus Lord beseeching him saying Lord my servant lieth at home sick of palsy and grievously tormented and Jesus says, I will come and heal him. Now, the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. And evidently, he knew the Jewish laws, and he knew that, you know, Gentiles, pagans, heathens couldn't come into the homes of the Jews. Jesus was one step ahead of him. My servant needs to be healed. I will come and heal him. No, no. Because Jesus knew his heart. Jesus knew the heart of this man. He knew that he was a humble man. And he knew that this man didn't feel like Jesus was worthy to come under his roof. And he said, I'm going to come before he even said, no, don't come. Jesus was one step ahead. Lord, I am not worthy that thou should come under the, my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes. And to my servant, Do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he marveled. He marveled. St. Nikolai in his uh, commentary on this says, Did Jesus marvel because he didn't know what this man was about to say? Well, we already know that he knew this man's heart. So why did he marvel? Why did he marvel as if he didn't know? He marveled, St. Nikolai says, to teach us what we should marvel at. To teach us wh how, what, what we should go wow at. A man who wasn't a Christian, who wasn't a Jew, who wasn't of the household of the faith, who was a man under authority, who was humble, and who was begging Jesus to heal his servant with a word and don't even come because I'm not worthy. Wow! Wow! So Jesus is teaching us what to marvel at. 
And then he gave a pretty intense warning that people from the east and the west and everywhere will inherit the kingdom and the ones that have it now will be cast into outer darkness and there should be a weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And he told the servant to go his way because of his belief and told him in his great faith and told him that it would be done according to how he had asked. I can remember, you know, it seems to me the, the, the main point, I'm not very good at three-point sermons. I, I usually give one-point sermons. <laughs> uh, the, the point that I get out of this, at least, is that if we live under authority, it increases our faith. If we live under authority, it increases our faith. And I think the converse would probably also be true that if we don't and if we're not humble and if we become puffed up in our own opinions always grumbling then it will weaken our faith. So I want to be one who lives under authority so that, that and, and to be humble and not to grumble but to be obedient um, so that my faith will increase, so that uh, in all of us, our faith will increase. I've not always been this way. And my, uh, my dad wrote me many letters. Um, I saved most of them. There's one, one letter. <laughs> it seems that I keep coming back to all the time. I need to read it again. I need to read this one again. I need to read it again. July 3rd, 1972. I was 19 years old. And I was a jerk. I was. And I was a jerk to my dad. And I was a jerk to everybody in authority. Long hair, beard, hippie, anti-establishment, anti-just about everything I could be anti about. And I had it out with my dad, and he, he wrote me a letter afterwards to kind of smooth things out, but to give me some instruction, too. I'm going to read part of that letter. My general concern and desire for you, John, is that you live your life out as one who lives under authority. God is the ultimate authority, and we are answerable to Him. He exercises His authority through home, government, and church. Reaching maturity does not mean the end of authority, but rather the transfer of authority. And if a father does his work well, his son will obey God and duly constituted church and civil government. And if a man's son will not do this, 
than whatever else he may do for his son, he's failed him. I know that a college education is important, but it's not the most important thing by a long ways. In the wisdom literature, the book of Ecclesiastes makes this statement near the end of the book. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, and for this is the whole duty of man. Ecclesiastes 12:13. My prolong the prolonging of my authority over you matters little to me, but your commitment to God's permanent authority over you matters everything. And if this commitment is firmly established within you, then my most important responsibility to you is completed. Your commitment to live your life in such a manner as would honor your parents according to the dictates of your conscience is sufficient. God gave you the one argument that would satisfy my mind along with the argument of unmerited favor, which the Bible calls grace. My Heavenly Father and yours has treated me far better than I deserved. He loved me and blessed me, supported and sustained me when I didn't deserve it. Your argument found its mark, John, and I yielded to it. And then he concludes the letter. I have to say, I I think I keep coming back to this letter because I need to keep working on it myself. I need to continually be pulling myself back under authority of God. And so what's the the authority of God? Is that just in the Bible? Is that just me when I pray? Is that just what I think? Is that just my opinion? You know, Jesus marveled at this man who, who who was under authority, civil authority, military authority he had men under his authority and he was under authority himself and recognized the authority of the Lord God as that same authority some people say well it's a lot easier to submit to authority when it's good authority when it's godly authority when it's loving authority and if we don't have that if it's bad authority well what about that well what about that in the in the anaphora of saint basil the great after we extol the holy trinity we say God, by whom enabled every rational and intelligent creature to serve Thee and ascribe to Thee perpetual praise, for all things are Thy servants. All things are Thy servants. Shouldn't we have said all people are Thy servants? All human beings are Thy servants? No, it says, and I think says deliberately, all things are Thy servants. And all authority is from God. All authority. And all authority is God's servant. In this particular gospel lesson, this sickness of the, this centurion servant was the servant of God. The sickness of the centurion servant was the servant of God. 
St. Nikolai says, uh, the paralyzed man, uh, the Lord spoke to the paralyzed man. You remember right after Pascha, you know, the one by the, by the uh, pool. He spoke to the paralyzed man in whom the whole Roman world could not heal him. And he got up at one divine word from the Savior and he was healed. St. Nikolai says, sickness is God's servant. And when the Master says, go, it goes. And when he says, come, it comes. And so sickness is the servant of the Lord. Healing is the servant of the Lord. And bad authority, as well as good authority, is the servant of the Lord. In what way? It sort of forces us to be humble, doesn't it? To be humble. To be humble like the centurion. To marvel at the the humility of the centurion. And there's a prayer that we pray before we receive the Holy Communion. And you've heard this prayer before. And it's as if it were the prayer of this centurion soldier. Lord my God, I know that I am not worthy nor sufficient that thou should enter under the roof into the habitation of my soul for it is all deserted and in ruins and thou hast not a fitting place in me to lay thy head but as from the heights of glory thou didst humble thyself so now bear me in my humility as thou didst deign to lie in a manger in a cave and so deign also now to come into the manger of my mute and corrupt soul and body. Let me conclude with one paragraph here from St. Nikolai who says that today's gospel describes for us one event that shows health among the sick health among the sick the marvel that this man outside of the household of faith would have such great humility and would have such great obedience and such great faith one event that shows health among the sick and sickness among the healthy belief among the pagans and unbelief among those who prided themselves on their status as the chosen people and in the purity of their faith. This gospel was written as a teaching for all ages and all peoples and applies to our day and to our people. This teaching is as sharp as a cherubim sword, clear as the sun, fresh and unexpected as mountain flowers, to awe us by its sharpness, to enlighten us by its clarity, and to shake us out of our spiritual apathy and indifference, and especially to warn us Christians that we must not forget and become puffed up because we go to church, because we pray to God and confess to Christ, lest at God's judgment those who are outside the church will be found with greater faith
and with more good works than us. I pray today on this Father's Day that we might reflect as fathers how we treat those under our authority and how we might reflect on how we respond in humility to all authority from God inside the church, in the family, in our society, and that we may respond to that authority with humility, with obedience, and with patient endurance, that our faith might increase and that those outside of the faith might marvel and come to our Lord Jesus Christ.